Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfree shows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh, You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? Adfreeshows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fox Back, Title Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at adfreeshows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now, adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, the man who looked at the lights last Sunday night. Maybe my friend, certainly yours, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? Oh, I, you just love saying those words. Couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer. Conrad, can we fill in the blank on a few damn things? You please, couldn't do this please. podcast. You couldn't have the show. You couldn't sit there and watch your ass, your, your wife's ass get beat by my wife. We could just go on and on and 
Don't give me that. I, I heard from so many oh. people who were who were legitimately <laughs> worried about Karen because Megan, the last flip Megan worried about Karen. Wait, buddy. Megan would destroy Karen in real life, and you know that. Oh, good. Are you kidding me? Come on. Come she beat on. Megan up. She was working and beat Megan up. I don't, I don't <laughs> first of all, let me just say this. Uh I guess I turned heel. Sorry about your brass knuckles upside your head. You didn't turn heel. But you deserved it. Coming out I there. Did. It's what I do, Conrad. You're finally going to smarten up after all these years. You finally got smart to the business last Sunday. Oh, that's why we hated you. Oh, you know oh. what? I, I sincerely listen. We're having a lot of fun tongue in cheek. Uh, and I know that I'd say 99% of everybody who uh, listens to my world really enjoyed what we did in the build and storytelling to build up Ric Flair's last match. But today we're here to do something that I don't think has ever really been done before. And that's pulled the curtain all the way back on how you build a show because Lord knows I did not know. And I got a crash course. And now with our very first ever wrestling show in the rearview mirror, we're going to sort of talk about it a little bit today. And before we clicked record, you said, man, I just don't know what to expect today. I, I don't know. I, I, this is uh, episode six. I already cut you off sixties, whatever it is. I've never done a podcast without notes. Yeah. But, but in my head, like plenty, but I haven't, we don't, we don't need to research what we did. We were there and it was a week ago. So we're just going to talk about it. And it is unusual for you and I to click record and not have a guide of here's the story we're trying to tell. So Conrad, you just said, I think you used the words 99%. Yeah. Uh, rephrase what you re say what you just said. Cause I, I, well, I mean, listen, I got a little bit of pushback and I mean a teensy amount from folks who said, Hey guys, I just wanted my world. I don't want this, uh, kayfabe stuff. And before we recorded those episodes, you were like, Conrad, our, our podcast is a shoot. And that made me laugh. Uh, and then I said, buddy, they, they, they want to go on a ride. And, and your question to me was, what are they looking for? They being the listeners. And I'm like, we want to believe I'm a wrestling fan. I know I'm, I'm fortunate enough to get to do this podcast with you, but I'm a wrestling fan. And what we wrestling fans gravitate to is, okay, I know what that is. And I know what that is, but now this, this is real. And if we can make people suspend their disbelief, even though they know what wrestling is, if we can make them believe just a little bit more than normal. And sort of tilt their head and question it. I think it works. And when that episode came out, even before it came out, when you and I finished recording it, I will never forget the way that show ended. We record our shows by zoom here for the video. I'm running the audio through Adobe audition. Since we're just telling you how we do everything. Well, you are really giving the sauce here. You're going to tell this story, aren't you? I loved it because <laughs> we're going back and forth and all over each other. And you had that chair sideways and you're like, let's just end it. Conrad. Let's just, let's just end the podcast right there. And then when I click the button on zoom, it goes recording stopped. And as soon as that happened Jeff Jarrett was Pavlovian. How was it? What, what do you think? Did it work? And for you to go from pissed off to that guy, it was like, they're going to love it. And everybody on our team before it ever aired was like, dude, this was amazing. And I know you were fortunate enough to 
have an opportunity to be on SmackDown and, and, and raw on the way to build a SummerSlam. And you got to see a lot of folks who do this for a living and they liked it too, right? They did. And here's something that I hadn't even shared with you. Um, the last of my, um, how would you say it? Third party conventions. Yeah. I'm not going to say last ever, but everything that's on my books when I took my day job, I finished this weekend. Right. Went over to Charlotte, uh, the gathering. And, uh, for those who don't know what the gathering is, I'm going to let my partner, t- it's, it's an, it's a 15 year convention of in based in Charlotte. What describe what that is. Cause that'll give further context for a long time. Greg price ran the NWA legends fan fest at the university where you, where, Hilton. Where you met Megan, but go ahead. Yeah. At the university, uh, Hilton in Charlotte. And it was fantastic. I had my first visit there in 2013, loved it. I found a lifelong group of friends there, established those relationships, created a group chat that has now helped create a lot of these podcasts and certainly Starcast. Even Starcast was named at that convention or from one of the fellows I met at that convention. Um, and six years ago, this past Friday was the very anniversary of my first date with Megan. Uh, I happened to be at that convention and took her to an Italian restaurant offsite and said, Hey, I'm in Charlotte. She's in Charlotte. Let's see how this goes. Well, now she's running around here with my last name. That's also the six year anniversary of the very first episode of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, which without that podcast, I don't know that you and I would be talking. So I've always had a soft spot for that weekend. Greg price, unfortunately quit running the convention. And now a really nice guy named Marty, uh, has started a company called T Mart promotions. And they do a whole bunch of stuff throughout the year, signings and whatever. But he picked up where Greg left off that same weekend, that same hotel. And you were fortunate enough to be there this past weekend. Well run, well organized, packed. Obviously the COVID situation through the last couple of years, you know, everything opening back up. But Conrad, I walked in Friday and left Saturday at, I don't know, six o'clock. What a lightning rod. You have no, I, I knew there were people on both sides of the fence and, you know, just a lot of mixed emotions about even having the event and what are you guys doing and why is this happening and why is that happening? And, Oh, wait a minute. Your podcast is this just, you name it. Question mark after question mark after question mark going into it now coming out of it. And look, it is, um, it, it is, it goes back to, the fundamentals that I got to learn at 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age, people are going to believe what they already make up their mind to believe. Yes. I heard the words Ric Flair ruined his image. Ric Flair has destroyed his own legacy Sunday night will be etched and blah, blah, blah. Like it's literally the, the, like he killed his career and, and I don't want to get into 15 other things that I've done or others have done. Yeah, look, we all have our skeletons and we all have our bad days and we all have things that we may or may not regret. But, but, but this guy, I mean, there was a number of people Then on the other side, there were people, Kevin Sullivan. Well, hang on now. Let's just, okay. one of those goofs was the Brooklyn brawler. Let's just call it <laughs> like it is. The Brooklyn brawler who ain't been in the business in forever and don't know shit about the business period. The end, they never sold the ticket. Don't know how to draw or promote. I mean, nothing had strong feelings about what happened with Rick that night and didn't even see it and wasn't in the building. 
And, and, and I will say, I understand there's two schools of thought. I want you to get back to what Kevin Sullivan said. If you watched it on pay-per-view and you had an expectation that you were going to see 1986, Ric Flair, you're a dumbass. Uh, easy, easy, easy. Look, I, no, I'm go ahead. Hang on. Go I'm ahead. just saying we advertised and promoted this from the beginning, that this would be fun. And by God, if you were in the building that night, yeah, it oh, was yeah. fun. It was fun. Interview the folks who were in the building. They, I, I can't tell you how many texts and emails and DMS and social media posts I'm seeing from people who say it's the best wrestling weekend of their life. I saw a lot of guys, longtime fans. I won't call them out here, but people, you and I know who said it's the best, most fun they've had at a wrestling show. Maybe not the best wrestling show they've ever been to, but the most fun they've had at a wrestling show because it made you believe. And you were the biggest part of that. And we'll talk about that. But the idea that people were like, man, I can't believe he didn't look like 1986 Ric Flair. Are you kidding? That was 35 years ago. Why would you think that that was, that was 45, whatever it is. Goodness gracious. Like let's have some realistic expectations, right? Expectations is the magical word that over the last coming up on five years, that is a word that I process that gets, I don't say everybody in trouble. It certainly has gotten me in trouble, but just the expectations of going through it. And I don't want to derail this because I always follow your lead for the most part, but the, 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 the questions that were asked me about Rick's health. Yeah. And I was at a table, we were at a, a dinner table and, and folks have been around the industry. So look, I think there's different degrees of being smart to the business sure. and just all that kind of stuff. But they were asking me of all that. And I said, Rick's 73. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, let's take a 40 year old man yeah. who wrestled for 15 years and broke in at 25 and got out at 40 on his one year anniversary of getting out of the business. So he's 41 now. Yeah. Put him in the ring mm-hmm. and say, you're going in the main event with a lot of pressure on you. Thousands of people watching live, blah, 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 blah. And he can just be Rick's partner. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind, not just blown up gas to the gills of, I need to go sit down. I cannot do this anymore. That's a 40 year old man. The expectations that people thought Rick was just going to be jumping up and down and doing cartwheels 20 minutes into the match, regardless if he, if, if nothing was done, it's just so unrealistic. And that's one of the things that I just go, guys, what did you expect? And I know one of the questions on Twitter was, were you ever concerned about Rick's health? Well, no shit. I was concerned about Rick's health from the very day he decided, but I'm concerned about his health today. And look, I'm concerned about a lot of folks' health. Yes. But Rick's, I mean, it's, it, it just kind of boggled my mind that, that folks expected almost a different outcome as far as Rick's cardio conditioning. And well, and- no, no, let's talk about that because I do want to mention, I think, and, and again, I'm recording on, uh, as you and I are recording, this is Monday morning and we're going to record with, uh, with Rick tomorrow morning. Uh, for his, his podcast that comes out on Wednesday. And we're going to talk about that because Lord, there's been a ton of speculation. Uh, there was a whole lot of just nonsense. You were with him a lot in the week leading up to this. Um, since we're just going to spill the beans, I think there were four walkthroughs and 
I'll never forget the look on your face. The time Jay lethal, the first time Jay lethal picked him up and body slammed him Yep. and then picked him up and suplexed him. Your eyes bugged out of your head because he was not taking it easy on him. It was a real deal TV body slam TV suplex. And it made the noise you would expect. And Rick just pops right back up. And I'll never forget you looking like, holy shit. It's one thing to see it on social media. It's another thing in real life. And what did I do? Oh boy. Here we go. I can't wait. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But as the match was laid out and we're just going way inside baseball here. The entire time was Rick is going to look and feel and appear to be 73 because fans expected him to be half dead anyway. And so he was going, he wanted, Hey, beat the shit out of me for real. And I'm going to be in the corner waiting on the hot tag laying down and have to crawl in. Like when we, when we laid it out, it was, he's going to lay in the corner and crawl in. And there was people online who didn't know that there were people in the building who didn't know that, who thought something must be really wrong, but it went exactly as planned. Now there was a couple things along the way that maybe got out of order. Somebody was a little early. Somebody was a little late or whatever. That's normal. I suppose. What the hell do I know? But I know that when everybody else is freaking out about what's happening with Rick in the corner, it's exactly what was laid out that afternoon. (laughs) I mean, am I right? Gotcha. (laughs) I'm just saying like now, the only thing you and I pushed back on and we pushed back on it the first time we heard it and the second time and the third time do not fake the heart deal. Do not please do it, please. And then that afternoon of, he goes, guys, guys. It's my last match. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but if they're with it and I feel like I got the crowd, I'm going to do it. And Jay's going to have a little sympathy and poke him in the eyes. And when it didn't happen in the ring at first, I thought we made it. He's not going to do it. And he did it on the floor. And I, I didn't look at you, but I know somewhere you were looking at me like, why is he doing this? Please don't do this. But Hey, you know what? I saw great feedback from that. People dug it. So, and who are we? Especially me. Who who are we to? to it's his last look. match. He 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 gets to pick. And and see when man Conrad, you talk about a first. So, listeners, forgive me because I really am going to bounce all over the place here. But the art of working. Yes, we had a a lot of guideposts, a lot of navigation through there but the art of spontaneous yes give and take yes it went on in the 27 minutes rick may not be as fast and as physical and blah 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 but his sense of feeling emotion in the crowd is spot on and he's I, not he's not scared to try stuff the, when when, oh, when they did the headlock takeover and Rick put Jay's head between his legs and a head scissor that was never laid out, never discussed, never done in practice. I mean, but afterwards I looked at Jay and I said, dude, the head scissor, he goes, we never talked about it. We never, he was just feeling it and did it. And, and that made me feel good for him. Like there were little things like that. The chop, the smack in the face, the, the, oh, I mean, we could go down that. That's why I want to make sure that we give the industry not me and Rick, but the industry and the art and the vibe that 
the guideposts were there, but the real raw emotion and the give and take and the feedback and listening to the people. And that's, that's a couple of things that I told over in Charlotte this weekend. I said, if there's a lesson, man, listen, yeah, listen to the people. They will tell you, but look, if you're a musician, you can hear when one, literally one note out of a three and a half minute song, a, a real fine tuned musician could say, Hey, it's a little flat there, a little sharp there. That was a little off backbeat, blah, blah, blah. We're going, that was a great performance. No, 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 no. Yeah, so so the, 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 the mindset and listening to the people, man, a lot of times it's lost. Yeah. It, it, it's lost on folks. And what's amazing to me is he did it after such a big adrenaline dump. And, 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 and we'll talk about that because I think that's the biggest part that maybe folks, myself included, uh, underestimate. But something that I know you're not underestimating and and nobody on our podcast network is right now is AG one. We both started using AG one. I actually started using it last year before they were a sponsor, but I know you've started using it and you started using it for the same reason. Everybody else does either. You don't have time. You want better gut health. You want more energy. You want to optimize your immune system, which is especially important these days. Maybe you hate taking pills or vitamins. Maybe you want a supplement that actually tastes great. Or maybe you just want to hear what all the hype is about. AG1, Athletic Greens. I can't recommend it enough. With one scoop, one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that are going to help you start your day right. Check this out. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all the things. And it's something that Megan started doing last year required. I start doing it. And I thought, no, I don't know about this, dude. It's awesome. And I feel a difference. Let me mention too. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're trying to do keto or paleo or vegan or dairy free or gluten free, they got you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And it still tastes good. So we're going to go ahead and make sure you get AG one to support better sleep quality and recovery, but I like it for mental clarity and alertness. And by the way, this is almost like nutritional insurance, right? Make sure you feel good longer. Don't take our word for it. Go check out over 7,000 five-star reviews for athletic greens. And right now it's time to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. AG one has you covered and to make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash my world. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash my world to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So I did want to talk a little bit about the adrenaline dump, Jeff, because as you know, as we got closer to the event, boy, Rick put a ton of pressure on himself, a ton of pressure on himself. And he started to get a little more nervous and a little more anxious and a little more excited. He wasn't nervous about his health. He wasn't nervous about anything other than I don't want to let people down. I want to put on a good show. And I knew with the cast of characters we had in the match, man, we were going to have a great show no matter what. I didn't know how good of a show because I was in the building and it felt special. And I understand some of that didn't translate to TV. And maybe you came in with a different approach or a different attitude, or you were seeing it from a different perspective. But if you were there, boy, it felt big. It felt special. And I know it was really big and really special to Rick to the point where, you know, we were, we had planned to do the old school ring introductions, unbutton the robe, show the big gold belt, make it be a surprise. But he was so nervous. He didn't make sure it was all the way snapped before he went out. Only one of the two snaps. So at the top of the ramp, it starts to scoot down. That's the reason he does the adjustment and the big reveal. But it just felt like when that didn't go exactly as Rick hoped, he got even more in his head. Like, Oh, I got up and I haven't talked to him about it. We're going to talk about it tomorrow, but I know there had to be some sort of adrenaline dump of I'm finally here. And that to your point of, Hey, let's take a guy who's been out of the ring for just a year. Who's maybe half his age and all of that nervous energy and excitement and all that you can't help, but here we go. Right. Big time. And I'm, you know, uh, well, I was in the ring the night before, but that kind of mindset, you know, I was January, but it was a different kind of vibe, a different kind of pressure yeah. for all of us because there isn't next Monday night. Yes. There is next Friday night. There isn't next week. There isn't the next pay-per-view it's here we go boys. Oh, and by the way, it's the nature. It, yeah. It's just yeah. a kind of different on so many levels and knowing that, look, I had my, for me, I had my mindset that got to bring the energy, got to bring the showbiz, got to bring as me and road dog got to bring as much Gaga as possible because Rick was, was in his head Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. He, he, he was, and he put way too, but look, that's him. That's what's made him tick. I'm sure all through the years, uh, who's his toughest battle himself. His biggest critic is himself. Yeah. He's hardest on himself. Yeah. And so with that being said, that runs in the family, by the way, too. Okay. (laughs) Everybody, everybody puts that same amount of pressure to perform and over deliver and exceed expectations. And, you know, listen, we had, he told me candidly, he goes, Conrad, the issue is you guys have done such a great job promoting this. I got to hold up my end of the bargain. What if yeah. I don't, what if I can't, this has been built and promoted and hyped and whew, you're doing a great job, but maybe too good because yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous about it now. But in reality, it, it goes back to, and yeah, a lot of things could have, who knows, could have gone better, could have gone worse. I don't know. I think how it happened was exactly the way it was supposed to happen yes. with the exact timing and everything that went down with it. And look, um, that, uh, and I'll get emotional thinking about, you know, my dad's old quote, the critic, 
Yeah. It's not the credit that counts. It's the man who's in the arena. Rick stepped into that arena with big Brahma bull bull uh, balls. Yeah. He, he just did. You, you can say anything you want ego. Uh, I mean, we could just go down the whole list of line and I can say, yep, yep, yep. But then today, do you know another 73 year old man that'd be willing to do that? No, Mm-mm. I, I don't, you know, and I, I've thought through this. Uh, I read a quote the other day, uh, Ford, uh, he said, and it just kind of jumped off the page. The hardest task a human will ever have is to think. Mm-hmm. I saw and, you, I saw you tweet that. Did I tweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, that, that's hung with me for about, I don't know, uh, a, a while now. Rick thought about doing his last match, and I know he told you from day one, and I don't know how far back we're going to go, but when you approached him, hey, let's do this last match, yep, I want to do it. He didn't give him much time to talk. Well, he had three or four or five months to think about this, and him, him training and doing all that, and look, everybody says, oh, that's, man, he did it. Yeah, he did. Hats off to him. That that's that's why he. I mean, Frank Sinatra. Boy, you talk about having your last match my way. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it, it's uh, again amazing all the lightning rod of emotions, and I think you know uh, you, you you get time to kind of reflect. And I did that night driving home, and and just thinking things through the press conference, the workouts, um, Conrad. Uh, the pictures, you know, the, <laughs> that didn't get out that we thought could, could have gotten out. We'll, we'll tell the story. I mean, let's start, I mean, at, I, I, let's start at the beginning. So How's many, that sound? There are so many little things to navigate through all this that you just go, wow. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Hey, we did it. Right. I mean, that's the thing I think, you know, I don't know about you, but me and a lot of my friends who worked, helped work on this behind the scenes, we rode a proverbial high for days afterwards. And just because we had never been a part of that or experienced it. And I know Rick did too. And it was just like, man, can you believe we did it? Uh, because there's no reason this should have worked as well as it did and, and been as successful as it was. A lot of stuff had to fall into place just right. And somehow it did. And we're going to talk about a lot of that today, but, um, Jay Lethal. we're going to talk about Jay Lethal. Today? We're going to talk about Jay Lethal a lot. Oh, let me ask you this. Uh, I love Jay Lethal. I, forget, I love Jay Lethal. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers of the modern era. And I, I'm so glad to see him getting a, a, a big time spot on national TV, because I'll tell you, as you know, doing five of these star casts and all these, uh, podcasts, I think Jay is one of, and I know it's our buddy, Brian Myers gimmick, but he's one of the most professional wrestlers I've ever met. Yeah. He was early. He did everything that was asked for him and, and, and exceeded it. Uh, just every little detail, every little nuance, not just as a, as a performer, as, as a, uh, a business person, but as a human being, him with Cody, like the content of a guy's character Jay lethal's got it for days and it I was really, yeah, exactly. I mean, just 10 out of 10 
Anyway. Karen had no idea that me and Jay went back to cyberspace wrestling. Oh, three, Oh, four, Oh, five. She, yeah. she just like, she knew it was a TNA day. So, so that was kind of a, a, a sentimental and look storyline wise and all that, but just Andrade coming from a wrestling family. Yeah. Uh, just, just, I mean, all the pieces of the puzzle that there are no coincidences, only convergences, but yeah, Jay being there, us getting to do it together. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you, but, uh, after it was all over, we were in the dressing room and Jay was sitting there and um, it was just me and him in the room and people had in and out and my daughters were in there. It, anyway, codes had uh, gone looking for Rick or sh- something, but Jay was just sitting there. He said, what do you think? I said, Jay, let me ask you something. He just kind of bit, leans in. I said, do you realize the undertaker watched you wrestle tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't expect that. I just chuckled with him about that. He I just mean, looked- realistically I, I, I racked my brain like can you think of another non-wwe show where like there wasn't even a wwe co-branding or whatever that undertaker went to since 1990 i can't think of a time where he went to a wrestling show that was there wasn't wwe involvement ever and to be there in the front row i thought and you and i when we heard he was coming i was like Buddy, even if he does come, he ain't going to use these front row seats. If we want your regrets up here, fine by me, because realistically, I know it says, but come on, he ain't. And then when I see him in the backstage, I'm like, well, okay, cool, man. That's all. And by the way, when he showed up, my phone blew up. It was like, I thought something happened to my kid because everybody was texting me undertakers here. And I'm like, okay, but he ain't going to sit in them seats. But he did. And man, you want to talk about respect when the, the real deal Godfather of wrestling comes yes. out and sits shoulder to shoulder with Bret Hart and Mick Foley and, Brett and Rick have had their ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. And Brett, I, I, a lot of respect for those gentlemen. Lots of respect. Unbelievable. Kid rock. Uh, it, we had a couple of words backstage. Josie was a buddy of mine. And obviously Josie was on stage with him years ago and Josie's favorite wrestlers were me and Taker. And so Bobby was just talking about, wow, Taker was there. You were there. My man, Rick, it was just, there were a lot of surreal moments going in and coming out of it. So Tony Schiavone said, uh, afterwards, cause you know, Tony is a man of, you don't uh, like Tony doesn't like me. Tony don't like anybody. No, I'm kidding. He's like, you're a heel. I'm like, Hey man, I didn't throw your phone. I threw your notes and it was the last match so you, what you didn't need did them you-, you didn't need them uh he did uh he did get tickled at the idea of me running another show i mean because he texts me right after and i said hey dude where are you at and he goes i'm out of there that uh if you, next time you do this and i'm thinking next time yeah. <laughs> what is that but he goes next time you do this you got to get better control of the backstage and i was like what's wrong and he goes, it's not a backstage. It's a damn Hollywood premiere. And I'm like, well, do you want me to tell Ray Mysterio, sir? The inn is full. You and Dominic have to leave. <laughs> Mr. Hayes, hurricane Sanjay hit the bricks, pal. It, uh, Will calls around the corner. I'm like, what, what am I going to do? I'm not going to kick those guys. Are you kidding? And he's like, well, you got to have better control of what? <laughs> Am I supposed to tell Mickey James, you can't be back here? I, no, come on in. Like, what am I supposed to do? 
Anyway. That's fun. Um, call around the corner. <laughs> I did want to t- yeah, will call. I need like that. I did want to tell you, uh, there was a segment, you know, I was present for a couple of these, uh, and there was a, some sort of interchange that was planned and I forget exactly what it was. But afterwards, as soon as I go back through the curtain and I'm right behind the screen, there's Andrade and Jay having a conference. And I'm like, Hey Jay, is everything is y'all? Okay. Everybody good. And of course they're all good and everybody's fine. And I said, Hey, what happened to the so-and-so? And he starts laughing and he goes, I called it to Rick and Rick said, shut up, listen to me. And I was just like, okay. And he goes, that's what I said. Okay. <laughs> like, what do you tell? Cause there was some sort of, I forget what it was. Hey, okay, and then Jay. you do this and I'll do that. And I cleaned it up a little bit. Cause I don't want the world to know that Jay cursed, but Jay said exactly what Rick said. Shut the fuck up and listen to me. <laughs> and when Rick flair says that in his last match, guess what you do? Well, okay. We're going to do that then. Here we go. So it was a, it was a big night. I could tell, I don't know who was more excited about it. If I'm honest with you, uh, Cody or Jay, because they were both so thrilled to oh be there God. and be a part of this. Lots of folks. Yeah, it was, uh, that that's, and uh, you know, if there's as a performer, that's what is hard to describe, but it's maybe impossible to replicate outside of our, our industry is the big show feel yeah. the day of you pack your bag that morning, you get in the car, even if it's a rental car, whatever, leave the hotel, leave your house. I got to leave my house. But anyway, get to the building, come in, sound checks going on, lights are being, you're doing this and you're doing that in a production meeting, just the little stages that, that the beats through the day. And in my mind, okay. Uh, kickoff show started five Oh five, the beat of that. Let's do this. I, in my mind, I was going to start getting dressed when the show started. I kept going back and forth with road dog. Give me a little feedback. Give me a little feedback. Just the cadence, I guess is the best question. A uh, best way to describe it of the day. Yeah. Building toward the match. And then all of a sudden, uh, the girls match and the girl, um, Got hurt. Rachel, uh, Rachel Ellering. High yeah, sprain. Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, are they going home early? Do they mm-hmm. got to go home early? You kind of have that, uh, three minutes of, Oh, we're up sooner than we thought all this kind of stuff. It ju- just kind of that cadence until you're backstage. And on one end is me and Jay and, and, and my man, Ritesh Sanjay and you know, that, that, and he's, and, and it, then you have Rick and, and Andrade and, and, Scott Armstrong and Brian and just the whole list of of that vibe. Like, here we go. And you don't really know till you step through the curtain, just what's, you don't know. That's the magic of our industry. Is the crowd going to be live? Are they going to be into it? Is something going to happen that derails? Is things going to go right? Are things going to go wrong? Do we got to pivot? Do we got to do this? We got to do that. Uh, the little things I almost took poor Mike Kyoto's head and nose and ear off at the beginning of the match by accident. And I like, Oh God almighty. I nailed him. Good. J- just the little cadence, little cadences throughout the, that's what is the big, big 
massive secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Massive adrenaline. Um, you got into character that day in a big way and an extension of my personality. Well, I'm just saying, (laughs) I think you and I, listen, we, we, we put together a story, a hypothetical. Here's how we get there. And I typed it all out and said, Hey, what do you think of this? And by and large, it happened. And we both felt good about it, but we also knew when episode two drops, cause episode one just sort of laid the groundwork of why is Rick wrestling and what all he's been through since his last match. And, and, and it felt more documentary style than UFC hype fight style. But I thought, I thought it was important to add some context because even a friend of ours, I'm glad to say he's a friend of mine. Now, Brian James road dog, when he and I first talked about all this, I got the vibe that he wasn't all the way bought in and I, expl- and I explained the docu-series and I said, episode one will explain why he's doing it. And man, he cut me off so fast. He goes, well, since you brought it up, why is he doing it? Mm. And I said, well, this is inside baseball that I haven't heard. And I said, well, listen, uh, this is a guy who for the better part of 50 years has made his living under a superhero outfit called Ric Flair. And he got to play that and and do it at a high level and do it maybe better than anybody else did for decades. And then all of the sudden it ended and it wasn't his idea. And he tried to go be a civilian and settle down with the new wife and try to make some appearances and just move on. And it didn't work. And he tried it again with another wife and that didn't work. And then he went back to wrestling. And that didn't go exactly as he would have, would have hoped. And he had his last match on a soundstage and it was over. And almost immediately, I mean, very quickly, he loses his son and he, he, he doesn't just lose his son. His son died in the hotel room he was in and he discovered him and he started drinking and he didn't quit for five years and he nearly drank himself to death and he nearly died five years ago. And now he's somehow for the last year, just been trying to get in better shape because he just wants to feel like Ric Flair again. We all heard the famous stories. He'd go out and he'd party and raise hell, but 6am he's on the Stairmaster for an hour. He was a cardio machine and he wants to feel like that again. So he's been going to John Cena's trainer long before this was ever talked about doing the last match just to feel like he did again. And there's photos and video of him out there lifting heavy weights just to prove he can, because he just wants to feel like Ric Flair again. But after his son passed away and he nearly lost his life, he wants to feel like Ric Flair one last time and do it on his terms. And yes, he had a fantastic send off in 2008, but that wasn't the end. And it wasn't a decision that he made. It was a decision that was made for him. So Brian, I would challenge you instead of saying, why is he doing this? If you really like Ric Flair, shouldn't we want Ric Flair to be happy? Shouldn't we want Ric Flair to get to do what he wants to do? And I say this respectfully, everything's not about you. He ain't doing this match for you. 
he's doing this match for him. And he goes, well, God dang, if that's the story I'm in. <laughs> I, and so he, in the interview since has said, Hey, I talked to somebody without somebody was me. And it changed my perspective of the way I was looking at it. Don't look at it through your eyes. Look at it through Rick's eyes. I lost my son. I nearly lost my life. And whenever things went bad in my life, I could always turn to the ring. I could always turn to the fans problems with the IRS problems with the kids problems at work problems with politics, problems with finances, whatever it is, problems. We've all got them life problems. I get to walk out in front of that crowd and feel like Ric Flair. And he got to do that every day of his life until he couldn't. And if he wanted to do it one more time, who are we to say no? And Brian went from, oh man, why is he doing this to shit? Yeah. When is this happening? And what can I be there? <laughs> so he was in and that's what episode one did for us. I feel like it just sort of set the table and explained you know, why is Rick doing this? And whenever I'm looking to set the table these days, I know there's some rec tech good eating around the corner. <laughs> Jeff's got one of these and I do too. We're talking about the yeah, all natural right. hardwood pellet grill. They've got all the other cool stuff too, like coolers and apparel and grill accessories, but starting at just three 99 tech has a grill for every lifestyle and every budget. Here's what they all have in common. A key focus on focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. By the way, it's factory direct shipping. All their grills ship for free and it cuts out the middleman. It's going to save you some cash plus, and here's my favorite part. These rec tech grills are made with high quality stainless steel. That's built to last a lifetime. I had another brand name pellet smoker before I had a rec tech. They do not compare side by side. You can feel the quality and the durability. This is a superior product. I'm talking about rec techs flagship model, the RT 700. It's got a 40 pound pellet hopper. It's got 702 square inches of cooking space. It's got a PID Wi-Fi controller and a six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. You can bake, smoke, sear, grill, even dehydrate on the grill, all with the push of a button. And that's why those in the know choose Rectech. Now, this Wi-Fi controller, guys, it takes out all the guesswork. You can put your probes in your meat and say, you know what? I want to cook this thing to medium rare. Walk away, and your doggone phone will tell you, dinner's done. Think about that. You can turn your grill on remotely. You can adjust the temperature remotely. Rectech has changed the way we eat food here at my house. So it's time to taste that tossless gas, gr gas grill, that messy charcoal grill, even that overhyped brand name grill aside and join the elite wood pellet grilling family. I'm talking about Rectech. They focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. Rectech really sets the new standard in grilling. So visit Rectech.com. That's R E C T E Q.com and use the code Jarrett five to get 5% off site wide. That's 5% off their top notch wood pellet grills. They're one of a kind Rectech ice or coolers. They're chef tested rubs and sauces, the accessories, the merchandise, everything's 5% off at Rectech.com with the promo code Jarrett five. That's R E C T E Q.com. You've had yours for a little while now. What do you think, Jeff? I really was sitting there as you were doing the read. I cooked on it last night, cooking on chicken and steak tonight. I don't know if I'm in the minority of the majority. I, I I don't know, but the ease is what I don't, I've had a lot of grills and smokers and don't get into other brands right now, but when I can walk out, push a button, that's it. Push yeah. a button, walk away, go inside. I get my rice going. I get my veggies going. I fix the salad, come back outside, put the meat on the grill, close the deal, walk back inside. I mean, it don't get no simpler than that. It is un.
unbelievable the the ease and the no mess and all that. I mean, it's I can't rave enough about it. We obviously advertise and have a lot of products on them and and not to blend the reeds and AG's great and all this, but the Rectech grill is the real deal. It is the real deal. You know, it's changed grilling in our house to the point where Megan does it now. When mm-hmm. we had some of those other brand names that we're not going to mention, she felt it, it was, it was, it. it was complicated. It's a mess. You, if you're going to do that, Hey, it tastes great. But if we're going to do that, you got to do it. Megan yeah. made pork chops on the grill last night. Uh, she made uh, chicken over the weekend on it. She made steak last week. Like yeah. she wants to take over grilling from me because it's fun. It's easy. I mean, I can't recommend it enough. R E C T E Q.com. The promo code is Jarrett five. J A double R E double T five. There you go. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So listen, we, uh, we set the table with episode one and you and I, uh, were ready for episode two to come out maybe before it probably should have, it came out when it was supposed to, I think in hindsight and, and, and every now and again, um, God knows better than we do. And that was one of those times. Always. Do. He always does, but boy, we won't derail this, but the timing of it coming out was a highly debated topic. Yeah. Because the press conference was June 23rd, folks. Yes. Yeah, June 23rd. He came out uh, two weeks before, so mid-July. Ten days before, yeah. So almost three weeks. Three weeks later is when it came out. And and you and I had a lot of discussion uh, with some foul language sprinkled in (laughs) about, you know, how the hell do we sort of balance what we're doing on the podcast and that? And so what we came up with is what we came up with, but it became a part of the story for episode three, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I knew if we just announced the match cold, Ric Flair and Andrade against Jay lethal and Jeff Jarrett, everybody was going to say, huh? So the only way to back end into it is to have a story. And I felt like in this modern era of independent wrestling, a lot of times it's just dream matches. What if this guy wrestled that guy? And you're hoping that those guys can go out and tear it up and have a six or seven or eight or how many stars they're using now match. But that's not what this was going to be. This was going to be old school Jim Crockett promotion storytelling. And just like dusty in the parking lot before him, we we had a Ric Flair parking lot circumstance and it built a story and episode two of the docuseries freaking blew up. And at first people who just saw the match announcement were like, Hmm. This sucks. I'm disappointed. I don't know about that. But then if they watched episode two, they're like, holy crap. What is this? This is unbelievable. Now, not everybody loved it. I get that, but we at least tried to tell a story. Fair enough. Created emotion. Yes. Created emotion one way or another. Mm-hmm. And people that didn't like it, it's not like we had the old 357 pea shooter. Hey, if you don't buy this pay-per-view on July 31st, we're going to pull this. No, it wasn't for everybody. Yeah, I get it. But the ones 
that one, and, and I keep hearing, oh, y'all went old school. And that, in a way, I get it. I relate to that. I can connect the dots. But also, just think of, I mean, we could go back in sports. It would look movies that are out right now. I, I think you've seen the Elvis movie yeah. and has a twist. All that. But anyway, entertainment or sport, it's still all literally creating emotion. And that press conference was the launching pad to it all. Mike Keith, the voice of the Titans, uh, j- just how, you know, you legitimately got food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> you, you weren't there. Uh, I, j- just all the things that went into that press conference and look, a photo shoot, a film shoot, press conference, the sponsors that we had to kick off fight was there that Thursday and all the elements that went in from sunup to way past sundown that we had to get in, in one day. Yeah. That's hats off to all involved. We got a lot done and that in a single day, that parking lot scene diplomatically didn't go as planned at all. Listen to you. It didn't go as planned because you stabbed my freaking father-in-law in the head for real. I just said it didn't go as planned. There was some magic planned. It wasn't necessary. Just add double J it, when he's feeling it, look out. That was my, I should have known what to expect Sunday just based on that. But I was inside literally on a toilet. Yep. And I want to poke my head outside and see what's going down because we had talked about it and I knew what was coming and all that jazz, but I also didn't want to be on camera. And so I had a circumstance in a situation that was very real life. Uh, and when I come out there and I see, I hold on time, we got a t-shirt design Conrad in a bathroom stall with yes. the door open, trying to look out. <laughs> so I come around the corner and, um, I see the physicality begin. I haven't heard this. And I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm far away. It feels like it's dragging on. Like I'm like, well, this, this is taking way too long. This is not exactly what we, but maybe it'll edit out. I don't know. And then when the physicality starts, give me your shoe, give me your shoe. Okay. That's all exactly as we discussed. Here we go. And then when he yells, it's a hard way guys. I'm thinking, huh? I just saw him prepare. What happened? And Lord, this is not PC, but that's the first time I ever saw a black dude turn white. Jay lethal was fucking shook son (laughs) because Jay lethal backs up, raises his hands and goes, I think we should stop guys. And I'm thinking, oh fuck, something really bad happened. And you don't give a damn. Keep going. (laughs) Karen don't give a damn holds him back. Jay's nowhere around. And if you go back and you watch the tape and we'll probably release the unedited one day when Jay comes back around and realizes you haven't slowed down, he knows he's supposed to be beating him up, but it's his real, one of his real life, best friends who has yelled. It's a hard way guys. And so he sees the blood coming out and Jay is now, what are we, 
So he comes back and realizes, all right, well, I guess we're still going and doesn't kick him in the head. Doesn't kick him in anywhere in the upper body. Just like kick him in the shin. Like just stay, I'm not adding to this the guys. And afterwards, Jay was like, I've never seen or been a part of anything like this, but in between time, once it's done and I feel like, okay, cameras are down, everything's fine. I jump down and I'm like, Rick, are you okay? Cause you saw the scene. He was bleeding way more than we imagined way more than any of us could have expected. And I go, he could see the look in my face. Are you okay? And as I'm approaching him, he's walking and he goes, I'm fine. And pretended to faint. And I pretended to catch him and he's just howling with laughter. And I'm like, okay, this motherfucker, he's in his element. He loved it. But the visual of your father-in-law after he yelled, it's a hard way. And Jay goes, I think we should stop. And Rick has got it covered coming down his teeth and all that. But he looks at me just fine. He goes, I'm fine. And Jack took one more step and then pretended to faint. And I'm like, (gasps) and he just starts howling with laughter. Like he got me. He got me. So Conrad, maybe you don't know this. So again, we, we were trying to set it up. The agenda of that day. Yes was ridiculous. It was way too overambitious, but we only had Andrade for the day and me for the day and Jay for the day and the photo shoot and the still shots and the images, all that were used in the promotion, uh, the press conference. And somebody uh, was two hours late and that threw us yes, off. I'm not getting into that. Yeah. Going to my attorney's office, which was, you know, anyway, so there was, it was super ambitious. So the parking lot scene, we'll call it not a lot of thought went into it. It was, Hey, we'll do this and do that. But I think you are aware Conrad that Jay as, as it aired and then he hits him in the gut, yes. goes down and then third generation promoter, yeah. all of Famer himself, Jeff Jarrett, Rick, let me get you to your feet. Yes. Let me help you up. Yes. And then once I was Accosted. No, 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 no. Storyline. I'm trying to create a little motion here, but just once I got Rick to his feet and he got back comfortable, then the emotion was going to come out and Hey, I didn't need his help and back and forth. But the, 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 if, if you will, the heel turn was, we have a few words, but not too much. We were both kind of, and then I was going to walk off and then turn around and sucker punch him. Down he goes, not off the punch, but he's going to get run into that beautiful white Bentley. And I was supposed to smash his head into the white Bentley. And then a little magic was about to happen. And there was going to be some crimson, not on, not just on his face, but on the car as well. Yes. Cause it was white. Then, then he was going to be laying down. And then my beautiful voluptuous bride was going to offer her small little footwear. That was what that, that, that was kind of the next step when the emotion that was as real as can be that Rick felt he didn't want to get up. Now I haven't asked him, I I don't know, but when he didn't want to get up and we had that face to face and buddy, this is where the lines get blurred. It it just is what I'm, I'm in the role. I'm supporting actor. 
Rick is lead actor. When we're in that moment and he didn't want to get up and we both know that, you know, A, B, C, D and E's coming next and F's coming next. We got to get there. But, and we joked about, I joked, you know, he's a turtle and blah, 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 but he wasn't getting up. You talk about improvisation, improv. Yeah. And he had the words with me and I smacked the living taste out of his mouth. Yeah. I came with it. And well, let, let me give me a pass there because he said beforehand, he told me to tell you guys, and then he said it right before y'all went out as we're sort of talking through it. And that's where you said, hey, we'll use the heel. You can't really work a bumper or blah, blah, blah. We'll use a heel. Well, apparently you can't work a heel either when Jeff has it, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, well, that's an impact point. And I'm like, okay. Uh, either way. Yeah. I didn't know you had that. Okay. He, he says, um, Hey guys, y'all are going to have to take me down for real. And I said, well, come on, Rick, we're not, we're not doing that. And he goes, oh yeah, we are. It's going to look real. They got to take me down. And I said, Rick, the only thing that can derail this promotion of this match is if you get hurt beforehand and I've told Jay and I never told Rick this, but I told Jay after they did the superplex and he was adamant, I'll come back to that. Uh, but, but I'm like, no, they're not going to take you down for real. He goes, oh yeah, you are. And so when we did that little huddle before you went out there, he looked at you and Jay and he goes, Hey, and y'all better not hit me with any of that pussy shit. Hit me for real. And I'm like, that's not necessary. He goes, no, I, I'm, you're going to have to fight to keep me down. We're going to fight. It'll be fine. I'm fine. And I'm thinking, I literally have forgotten that you're right. That's not necessary. And then when you were out there, I'm sure you were thinking, well, shit, he said, we don't get a second chance at this. Make it look good. Oh yeah. But damnation. I vividly remember three, two, and that's when Rick left the building to walk up mm-hmm. and oh, Jay, I told Karen, this is maybe not being a little dramatic here, honey, but this is candidly his last angle. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. And she is such a, she's, she's unbelievable. Perfect. She's unbelievable. Buddy. When she flips the switch and gets into Karen mode, she becomes a movie character. Whew, what a I, villain. Unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, the old heel. Uh, I, I um, whoops. <laughs> so, so here's we'll come back to the the story with Jay. But at that point, Rick's like, uh, "Hey, I want to get cleaned up." And I knew, you know, afterwards he was going to. It's been a long day, so I said, "Hey, he's going to have to get cleaned up. Let's go see if the building will let us buy a six pack of Michelob Ultra, so he can just because they're going to have to work on him after this." And of course, he had his. Uh, um, companion assistant, whatever Kelly and, and Megan was there. And so they took care of him and cleaned him up as well as, well as he could. And then he went back to his uh, Hilton hotel and he wanted to go to the Palm. And of course I was dead and needed to go home, but everybody else went to the Palm. And then the next day he flew home. And so I'm like, Hey man, uh, what'd you do with that suit and that shirt? He goes, well, I took the suit with me. I'm just going to get it dry cleaned. I'm like, well, not yet. Where's the shirt? Oh, I threw it away. Uh, where? at the hotel. So I sent my buddy, Brad, Hey Brad room. So-and-so has a bloody shirt. I need you to get it. He goes, well, how will I get in there? I said, just show up to the front desk and be Brad. They'll give it to you. And they did. And they were like, man, no way. That, yeah, they did. And they were like, uh, man, nice fake blood. And he goes, well, that wasn't fake. And so they bring it out in a bag with the gloves on and all that. And he's like, what do I do with it? I said, just overnight it here. We're going to display it at Starcast." And so we displayed, uh, we saved Jay's shirt. Jay threw his shirt off. Steve K went and got it. 
Cause he wore a white t-shirt that he knew he could throw away. Cause who cares? And he got some Walmart jeans or whatever. So I was like, no, we're going to display both of these at Starcast, And we did. Um, but we almost lost the shirt was the point. And, uh, yeah. And, and that, Karen's white pantsuit, my jeans. And I didn't know the Rick story on the shirt, but I, Good I, old Brad. I thought we needed to, we needed to save that. We needed to display it. I'm not doing anything with it, but we might cut it up and put it in the action figure cards or something. I don't know. Something. Wu Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Wu Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavy weight champion tell him nature wings legendary flavors world championship wings woo woo wings yeah woo woo Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Let's go back. I'm there in April and I'm there with David Crockett in Tampa. And it's the first time I've been to Jay's gym or the second time I forget, but Rick is adamant suplex off the top. And I'm like, no, nah, we're not doing that. And he goes, no, we're going to, we're going to do it in the match. And I was like, you're not doing it in the match and you're not doing it in practice. And he goes, oh yes, I fucking am. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not necessary. And so there we're all protesting. No, no, no. And then Rick just snaps at everybody. Yells a bunch of curse words. We're fucking doing it. Okay. So they get up there, get it done. And as soon as he hits, it was like, <sighs> everything goes quiet. And Rick goes, fuck. Yeah. He was excited that he could do it. And as soon as everybody left, I said, Jay, no more big bumps. We don't, yeah. we're not. He goes, no, no, I got it. I was like, seriously, nothing else. But a week later, Jay calls me and he goes, you're not going to believe this. He press slammed me. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you wanted to do a press slam like he did with sting. And I told him, Hey, we don't need to do that. Blah, blah, blah. You saw him. You can't stop him. But he press slammed me. And I'm like, you're saying he goes, yeah, he locked his elbows out. And I'm looking down like he's 73. How am I up here? But yeah. I mean, Rick was ready. Uh, but maybe that was an adrenaline dump. I think Meltzer speculated that he had some sort of foot injury. He had plantar fasciitis. Uh, I think everybody listening to this knows my wife has doctor partners. So we had two of her doctor partners there ready to check him out and all that. And Rick said back in the day, Hey, all I needed was a shot of Toradol. He opted not to use it. Said, no, I feel fine. I don't need it. So there was a lot of back and forth about, I mean, we should clear this up too. There's some speculation online. Oh, Rick was drunk. You could tell you were with him all day. Rick did not have a drop of alcohol. I mean, he did after with kid rock downtown, but (laughs) come on, man. Rick was not drunk in the match. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. People want to believe what they want to believe. And yeah. that, 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 that's it. It's end of the day, every kind of facet of it. I, again, I, I, we, we glossed over Kevin Sullivan, but Kevin, oh, yeah. come back to that. Yeah. 
I've known, I've known him for a long time and, uh, he got honored, uh, Friday night, which is real cool. And, uh, but look, Kevin going back to early eighties, he worked for my mother, uh, with my father in the territory and we've gone in depth. It was really his idea of me and Rick and the four horsemen and the storyline that didn't quite come to fruition and all that. But he just said, come here. And he said, he, I mean, Conrad, he complimented you. He complimented Rick. He complimented everything. Uh, he said it in a speech too. He said, uh, let's, you know, he was, uh, there were several folks around the room that he was giving shout outs to. And he said, Oh, there in the back, Houdini back there, Houdini back there. And he was, he was, we laughed about it, but like Kevin, he's been in the business. How long? 50 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he said he got emotionally invested in the story. Yes. Look, did he believe I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the story was there. Yes. Everything that wrapped around it. He was highly complimentary of, of, of several things, uh, of me and the match uh, of the give and take and the ebb and flow, but Kevin's a thinker's thinker and, and, and all that. But it was, it was cool to hear his perspective on it because look, there's several folks that didn't like it. Right. That, that, that just was like this, this, and this. And I, I, I'm, I'm going a long way around to say the art of our industry was to me, look, art is subjective, but if you like that kind of painting, the picture that was painted was for me, certainly a once in a lifetime. It was fantastic. And, uh, we got you know great reviews from episode one. Uh, except from one entity who didn't like it. Uh, episode doc, doc, doc series yeah. episode one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll move on to episode two. <laughs> <laughs> episode uh, two, I thought, you know, was, was, was telling the story and obviously it went viral and, uh, we got our big push and all the attention and, you know, uh, Dave green who helps us on the podcast side, <laughs> he texted me, dude. It's felt like for a while that we were the only ones talking about it and excited about it. And we were sort of pushing uphill, but man, now everybody's talking about it. And then episode three came out right before, and that's where it really became the Jeff Jarrett show. (laughs) Episode one was the Ric Flair show. Episode two was the Rick and Jeff show. And episode three was the Jeff Jarrett show. And I, you are, you have been, I don't think people really understand how crazy your last 30 days were. But not only are you working full-time in your real job that we're probably not supposed to keep talking about here, but in addition to that, you've got some other projects that you've been working on forever, trying to get across the goal line. And oh, by the way, all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, people are going to see you without your shirt and one of the most high profile matches you've ever been in. And you've hired a new personal trainer and you got to be tan and you got to look good and you got to have your cardio and you got to be able to perform. And oh, by the way, you got a beautiful daughter who's kicking ass in tournament basketball. And now they need you at WWE TV. Cause it's not just a behind the scenes gig. Now it's an on-camera gig. So there were days where up at 3 AM at the airport for a 4 AM check-in for a 5 AM flight, go to the gym, go to the building, do your thing, red eye home, playing basketball again the next morning. And oh, by the way, somewhere in here, Jeff, we really need a go home promo. And I'm sure when you hear that, you're thinking, fuck you, Conrad. I haven't had a carb in six weeks. 
I haven't slept in eight days. My daughter's team lost by a point, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but somehow you squeezed out a, he's going to have to come to me, which worked out by God, because what we got in episode three almost felt like a cut scene from natural born killers. We see a different side of you than we had seen maybe ever, certainly in a long time. And what was great about your role in this is, I mean, I got a, a really high profile person in the business who didn't necessarily love this idea. And they texted me and they said, well, who's the heel in this? Because Ric Flair fans want to pull for Ric Flair, no matter what, but through our storytelling, Rick did not want to be the baby face. Rick wanted to have his last match as a heel. He wanted to be a shitty, cocky, arrogant heel. He wanted to be Ric Flair. But I knew folks were going to want to boo you that building in that building, no matter what you did. But I thought you like the best villains to me are the ones who feel justified. The ones who don't say, wake up and look in the mirror and say, I'm going to do bad stuff to people today. No, they, Hey, you know what? I'm just minding my own business. And then somebody did this to me and that can't go unchecked. And so they feel justified. And the way you approach the whole story with logic, you could boo Jeff Jarrett, or you could be on team Jeff Jarrett. But that's what made it really cool to me is it wasn't as simple as old school Hulk Hogan. Here's your baby face. Here's your heel. Pick your favorite. And and I loved the story, but I think I wasn't sure I had an idea, but I don't even think you were necessarily sure when they played your music before you came to the ring, what's the reaction going to be? It is your hometown. You have been this, I mean, not to just totally blow smoke, but you do all this charitable stuff in the area with every possible charity, whether it's, uh, you know, Salvation Army, or, I mean, literally everything you're that guy and you're out here grinning for the predators and grinning for the Titans. And now we've tried to make you a bad guy where it's probably hardest to make you a bad guy. What's going to happen here, especially with the story we told where you were slighted, you were, you were the one who was wronged. And I guess to make sure that we were ready for that, you, I feel like that day got yourself worked up in a frenzy to be a heel. I know for sure. You made a grown man cry that day. I did not. Yes, you did. Your wife helped too. And that was a clue (laughs) for who we're talking about, but it happened. And I was like, I'm not going to take any of this personally. He's getting in character. We'll talk tomorrow. Everything will be fine. (laughs) <laughs> but then when you come down and where I was seated, cause it's chaos backstage, I've never done this and everybody's asking me questions, but I know I got to be in the front row. We'll talk about that in a minute. And so I make sure that I'm out there and we got everybody taken care of like they needed to be for the shots we wanted and stuff in the front row. But as you come down from where I'm seated, I hear from the, the bell guy next to me, Kurt, somebody threw a beer at Jeff Jarrett and I'm thinking, yeah. That's what we wanted. I heard the booze, but if they're throwing shit at him, like in Mexico, cause you're a monster heel down there, this is perfect. And then I go watch the video. Nobody <laughs> threw a beer at you. You took a dude's beer and threw it at him before you even got down the ramp. Wonderful. Fantastic. And as you wake your way around, I see you push a guy down and I'm thinking, oh no. And then I watched the tape and I realized, oh, it's an ad free show. Top guy, <laughs> totally fine to push that guy down. And then I don't know you're coming over to me. That's all improv. And you're going to try to goozle me. And I'm like, what? 
okay, I guess he's doing his thing. <laughs> that is the magic and the art of improv because you weren't, I don't think you were totally sure what the reaction was going to be. And you wanted to make damn sure they know ain't nothing like a bull about this guy. And you put on and road dog. And I talked about this last week, the day after the show, a master class in being a heel old school, old fashioned, let's boo the shit out of this guy. And I went from three years ago, joking with Bruce, that Jeff Jarrett was the human fast forward button to sitting in the crowd and feeling it and being like, fucking a, this guy is a next level performer. Seriously. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even shilling. It's over. I don't have to sell it anymore, but I was in awe of holy shit, man. Look how much they hate him and all the little stuff that you did, dude, just Bravo. I think it, I think it cemented your legacy to any doubters, any boo birds. And you know, listen, this ain't fun for everybody to talk about at 55 years old. No, nobody (laughs) should be this good at 55 years old. And yet there you are. And I've joked with you since they're going to put you on TV. Oh God. You're going to win the rumble. You're going to win the title. You're, you're going over Brock at WrestleMania. You're going to put, you're the guy who ends the bloodline. You and Jerry Jarrett are going to be strutting house out there with a hologram of teeny. And we're going <laughs> to, we're going to end all this Roman reigns nonsense, dude. Fantastic uh, job as a heel. Sincerely. I know uh, we're kidding around, but it was unbelievable what you did. I appreciate that Conrad. And you know, you text me, was it yesterday or the day before you said, quit effing being so humble, stop it or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah. And I'm like this, um, well, little stuff you did in the match, you walking out, that was not planned. You walking to the back, rolling in, breaking the count. That's something so I, that you make a call for when you're in it and you're feeling it and you survey the landscape, you can say on that what you want to, but I just know. A lot of the great stuff that you did was never discussed. You pushing Wendy down, you pushing Megan down. Like none of that was ever discussed. And it was just perfect, dude. I mean, really a superior performance. Everybody who was paying attention that night. Yes. We, we showed up there to see Ric Flair, but every great protagonist has to have a great antagonist. And dude, you were Darth Vader that night. Couldn't have been any better. Sincerely. I appreciate that. I really do. And the gift of desperation, and I won't derail the podcast, but I I have to say it. There's no reason I'm alive. In my opinion, no reason only by the grace of God, did he save me from the depths of addiction. So every day above ground, I try my best to have the servant mentality. Truly. And that goes in my personal life and my work life, but, but coming into the event and to go back to when I was in Orlando at my daughter's basketball tournament, and I'm thinking things through and man, Conrad, you know, the deal with, I'll call it Ric Flair's last match production. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that. That, that kind of stuff. The, uh, my day job, which turned into the, as you said, all, all that, the, all that, it would have been so easy to say, we've got enough in the can. You don't need me. But I literally said, Conrad, no, I, I, I've got some things that I can deliver that really get in the crawl 
of a Ric Flair fan because they were coming to see Rick. They weren't yes. coming to see Jeff. They weren't coming, as you said, all that. So when I started, that was about the time. Look, we did the press conference and we've cut all that. But that was two weeks out, Conrad, when we shot it in Orlando or around that. Yeah. That yeah. for me internally. That was like eight days before. I, okay. Whenever it was, we can look, I can look on a calendar. Um, that's when internally I started really getting in. Okay. Not that nobody wanted to turn back, but that's when I started thinking, okay, to really, really make this thing come off. I, I, I have got to be, and I've done, had a lot of success in Mexico kind of being a, a, a thread of that character, but I've got to blur the lines and the podcast me and you did, and then me and Paulie B and my dad and Karen and all that kind of stuff. But that interview, when I sat down and it was literally, uh, we're, we're telling how the sausage made my daughter's over in the bed. We're in a suite. She's in the bed. The camera guy came in. She never woke up. She wakes up and hears me. I, I just kind of delivered my lines like I, I'm doing now. But when I kind of flipped the switch in that mode, in a lot of ways, I don't say I never came out of it. Of course I did. Or flights and SummerSlam and all that kind of stuff. You're a method I, actor. I, I kind of got in, in that mindset of what I need to be. And me and Josh Chernoff, shout out to him. When we talked about video walls going way back, I was going to get your thought. I really wanted to really think, how am I going to create that emotion from the time I come through? Because when I come through the curtain, that's when they got to say, Rick killed this guy. Yeah. Like that, 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 that's, that's what has to evoke that boom, come through the curtain. They've seen the doc, they've seen all that. And so that's the first time me and Karen ever did that. She walks out first and she bows on one knee and here comes this despicable human being that thinks he's right. And we played that prelude and I'm going to stop there. The prequel is what the, the yeah. title is, the prequel to, to my world. What did you think about that? I'll just, just the prequel. I thought it was cool. It, it let it breathe. It made it feel special. It made it feel big. The red lighting treatment when you came out and the purple for Rick. I mean, I thought it. I thought it, it felt big. I was there in the front row standing our, our daughter, Morgan between us and, and Megan to my right. And we just sort of looked at each other because listen, she's, this ain't her bag, you know, like she ain't her deal, but she knows that I've had to live, eat and breathe this. And there were several, the week leading up to this, we never went to bed at the same time. I would come in three, four hours after her and then have yeah. to be back up the next day. And she knows Hey, we're kind of off sync now. And just as a, as a couple in a marriage and a relationship, you get in a rhythm and we were just off. Oh yeah. And, and so I'm sure every time we, well, this happens every star cast, but I'm sure she was like, God dang, is this really worth it? What are we yes. doing? Like, you know, what, are, why are we doing this? We don't have to do none of this is necessary, but she doesn't say that, but I can just sort of tell it's like, Hey, remember how easy life was three months ago before you did this to yourself and us and whatever. But in that moment, we just look at each other and it's like, holy shit, this is a big deal. We could feel it. And, yeah. and, and we knew every beat of what was going to happen in the match and the story. And if we felt it, I know everybody else in the building did. And, and to me, that, that is something that through experience, 
it's kind of bringing the attention of, okay, folks, here we go. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was out there. People drinking their beer. Here comes Rick or, you know, whatever is going to do those. But I, I, I thought that was important to create that emotion. And then the, the, my world music hits and he, he, here it comes. And the Shivani thing was ad lib and the fans and the beer and the, the ad free guys, everything you mentioned, all this, I, I, I thought my first 90 seconds. And if there's talent out there, uh, that maybe want to have a takeaway, that first 90 seconds to me was what I knew in my mind was uber important. Just at the stage. I'll tell you why it was so important too. you attacking people at ringside and just having that frantic frenetic energy and the, the, the pull apart right before, you know, where it looks like it's going to go before the big introductions are even finished and all that. When you held the rope short, did the little hair deal and did the strut without the context of what happened with you coming to the ring. That feels cute. It feels fun. After you've made yourself a monster shithead for the last three or four or five, six minutes. Now, when you do it, we hate you even more because you did it <laughs> like, but I mean it, like if you hadn't have done that and you just did it, it would have been like, Oh, look at there. This is yeah, going to be yeah. fun. It felt lighthearted and fun without it in that context. It's like, I hope Rick, like in that moment, I know what's coming, but I'm like, I hope Rick don't pull up short with these brass knuckles <laughs> and hits his ass for real. He's got one coming. He knows it's coming after that high heel. And that's yeah. what was great as, as we see it all before. And he goes now, and I don't know that you even saw it cause you were working on something, but as we're, and boy, we're just sharing everything. But when the brass knuckle thing came up, he looks over at me and goes like this a little half ass. And he goes now, Jeff, I've never worked with real brass knuckles. I'll try my best to take care of you. And you yeah. turned to look and you just said, well, I know I got one coming. And it was just funny to me. Because it was sort of unspoken and let's talk about the brass knuckles because boy, that became a heated topic for a, a couple of days. Jesus. Talk about overthinking about it. Conrad. Well, here's the thing. I didn't want to do it. No kidding. But what I didn't want, and you know, this is not the way we got here, but I didn't want people to say, oh, he's Vince Russo and himself who, by the way, is a nice guy. I'm not saying that to shit on him. But I'm just saying, I didn't want anybody to think that I wrote something in a script or on a sheet of paper somewhere that said, and then I'll do this. Like, I don't ever want to do that. My name's not any of the podcasts. I want to be the guy behind the scenes. You guys are who everybody's here to see, but I didn't want to do it at all. And it went from, uh, when, when all the physicality happens in front of us, I'll hand them to Rick right there, which I didn't really like. So then Rick wanted me to come inside the guardrail and put him on his hand. And I said, absolutely not. And then we tried to say, Hey, you know what? We've established Doug Dillinger. What if we did something with Doug? So there's even a hypothetical. Maybe we could yeah. have you crash somebody since you threatened to break up the horseman meet and greet. What if D Doug's working security with his guys, you make the approach. There's a pull apart. You clobber somebody with a guitar. Rick wanted no part of that. Conrad's a part of the story now. He was on my podcast. He's on your podcast. He's got to do it. And so then there's the, okay, well, we'll just have him toss it in. But then there's the idea of, well, where am I seated on the front row? 
Will they be in the ring or right there? And what if it, what if somebody drops it or it's a fumble or it's less than, I just don't want to do it. And of course you and I practiced it before doors, but Manny wasn't there. So we just, okay, well shit, hope it works. And it did, I guess. But then I was wondering, well, what will Rick do with it? And I didn't know until I watched the show on Thursday. I don't even know that you saw it. You didn't. Of course he stuck them in his knee pad, like an old school wrestler. It was fantastic. <laughs> he don't forget. <laughs> well, here's the other thing too. When, when the brass knuckle conversation came up, it was, well, how would you even get brass knuckles? Aren't they illegal? And I'm like, I've had them since before they were legal. They're just hidden in my desk. I cleaned it out the other day. I know exactly where they are. I can have a guy drive them down and they did. And now I'm like, where are they? And can we still get in trouble? For them? <laughs> I don't have them anymore. Uh, and I never asked. I've been punched by Rick several times working punches. Uh, after he's gassed out at the end of his big night, he's got those brass knuckles on. You seem to be talking just fine. He take care of you. He, I mean, it was there, but I mean, it's <sighs> who said this? Cause they said the, uh, super kick on Friday. Yeah. Uh, the, the, all, all that, uh, on and, SmackDown. On SmackDown, and then the punch on Flair. He said, "You kind of bookended your 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 weekend, didn't you?" Uh, but no, it, I mean, that's as, as, as that, to me how it all worked out. That was maybe option six, seven, or eight. Conrad to Andrade, Andrade to Rick. That was never in our plans until A, B, C, D, and E were canceled. Or you know, yeah. no, we don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. It all worked out. Nice. Yeah, it did. And there were a couple other ideas tossed around for, you know, false I, finish. I wanted to crack you at the four horsemen signing so bad, but I had to go. I wanted to lay you out with the guitar. So well, bad. what's funny is, as I said, Hey, when I first mentioned it to Doug, Doug volunteered a guy. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want it. <laughs> you laughed about that. And then there was a long pause and I could tell you wanted to say something. And I said, Jeff, I'm not scared to take the guitar, but my 400 pound ass ain't flat backing on some fucking concrete. I'll get more hurt falling on the concrete than the guitar. So that's a no for me. If we're doing it at a meet and greet on concrete. Yeah. But if we can find somewhere else, I'll take your fucking guitar. Cause I know just because I've busted your balls on the show, you really wanted to do that. Oh, I wanted to tee off from left field. <laughs> He, so bad. I could tell because you jumped on it right away. You go, that's the one everybody wants to see. <laughs> yeah, perfect for the buildup. Perfect for the build. Up. And I'm like, no, that's the one everybody wants to see in Hendersonville. That ain't what everybody <laughs> wants to see. Um, oh, listen, man. It, it was a lot of fun. We couldn't have done it without a lot of help from a lot of different companies oh, and folks. And we're going to talk about that. But first I want to remind you, listen at home that IWTV.live is independent wrestling's premier streaming service for live events and video on demand of past events for just 10 bucks a month. IWTV.live offers 20 plus events streamed live each month from top independent wrestling promotions, such as ICW, no holds barred West coast pro and limitless wrestling. Additionally, as IWTV.live subscribers, you'll have immediate access to their extensive library of over 13,000 hours of video on demand content from over 300 different wrestling promotions. All around the globe, including Beyond Wrestling, Prestige Wrestling, Absolute Intense Wrestling, and H2O. 
Their extensive library has something for everybody. You got orange Cassidy, Jonathan Gresham, Wheeler, Yuta, Eddie Kingston. You can watch IWTV.live anywhere, anytime. IWTV.live is available on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon t- uh, fire stick, including mobile apps for Apple and Android devices. There's no long-term contracts required. Go to IWTV.live and subscribe today for just $10 a month. So yeah, behind the scenes, go ahead. It, it just as you're doing that read, which is real cool. Conrad, we've got a whole, and I, you picked the episode that's well known. We've got a whole nother episode. If we want to talk about all the other matches out oh, beside the last one. Unbelievable. What we were able to put together it was a lot of cooperation. I want to oh, give I, it, huge. I want to give a ton of credit and props and kudos to Tony Khan for allowing really the forbidden door to happen. You know, we're not supposed to talk about it, but we're going to say it one time. We had an AEW superstar tag teaming with a WWE special vice president to take on an AEW superstar and Ric Flair. That shouldn't have happened. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that it shouldn't have happened. Uh, but Vince McMahon whack when that was a thing, green lit it. And so did Tony Khan. And this could not have happened without both of those folks allowing it. Amen. Because you and I had this sort of idea. And I know there's been lots of rumor and innuendo of this wasn't the first match. Listen, there were lots of ideas put together for how could we do Ric Flair's last match? But when we settled on a story, it sort of clicked. Hey, wait a minute. The videos of Jay lethal training with Rick have gone super viral millions of views. So we already have a built-in story there. We can just build on it, but it doesn't make sense for Jay to be his partner because they've been working against each other. So in an effort to best take care of my, my father-in-law and Morgan's grandpa, let's make sure the guy he's wrestling that night is the guy he's been wrestling four times a week since April. And that's another thing I want to mention. I know there was a lot of people who said, oh man, when Rick steps through those ropes, he going to die. Okay. Smart ass. He wrestled an hour a week, four days a week since the first week of April. So when he stepped through the ropes that Sunday, it wasn't the first time he had done it. It was just the first time you had seen it. Rick uh, had exponentially more in-ring work than you did by far a multiple. Yes. Yes. And it, so anyway, I'm saying all that to say we had been talking about on this podcast is Jeff a horseman. Is he not for over a year? So those two things just fell in line. And uh, by the way, over the summer, uh, literally the day our tickets went on sale is when Andrade married Ash Charlotte. So everybody now knows through TMZ and people magazine and everywhere else that Andrade is Ric Flair's son-in-law. And everybody also knows that Jay lethal has been training Ric Flair for his last match. And I happen to be in business with and partners with a guy who knows how to be a heel in Nashville better than maybe anybody. And so <laughs> here we are. It worked. Um, but it, could, it couldn't have happened without Tony Khan. It couldn't happen no. without Vince McMahon. And now let's give flowers to everybody else. The minute I called court Bauer and said, Hey, I got an idea for Starcast." He cut me off and said, we're in. Mm. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, let me at least pitch the idea. We're going to do matches. He goes, okay, we're in for that too. Just immediate. I mean, he, he was such a great, uh, citizen in the wrestling space and a great partner in this and supported it. And any of our crazy ideas. Yep. We're in the exact same conversation with Scott Demore. Scott Demore and impact wrestling over delivered in a way that we can't properly thank them or communicate well enough here. They ran down the entire match card on their TV program two days before 
on their go home TV. They treated it like it was their go home TV. And it was for our show. They ran Ric Flair moment of the weeks for the whole month building into it. I didn't ask for it. Neither one. They just offered and did it because they were fantastic partners. They helped us pull together and allowed us to use footage in episode two and three of Rick and Jay and Andra or Manny, not Manny, but, uh, everybody, you from impact. We aired that no problem. Couldn't be more accommodating. And as it, as if that wasn't enough, they brought their whole freaking production crew, all of them to help pull this show off. So if you were impressed with the way it was put together, I would say it was 85, 90% impact wrestling, just doing what they do. And boy, did they allow us to do some really cool stuff with Josh Alexander and Jacob Fatu with the ladies three-way for the title with the motor city machine guns. And, uh, uh of course, taking on the American wolves and storyline wise that even upset some of the stuff they were doing, but they put all that aside for Ric Flair and to support this event and impact wrestling deserves flowers for days. And my God, could those triple a guys have stole the show any harder? Dorian and sent four of his absolute best Conan recommended it and buddy it delivered in spades. Uh, me and you talked offline, sort of half-assed joking, but some of those guys, independent rates probably just went through the roof because of the performance they put on that night. For sure. I mean, and I'm going to let you keep going on it, but, but, uh, Keith Mitchell. Oh my God. Chris Dispenza. Chris Dispenza. Greg Horn, Brian. all Keith, Keith just retired. Steve small works for AEW. Uh, Chris Dispenza, AEW. Yeah. Greg Horn, AEW. all guys that I, I mean, you talk about being in the trenches at TNA from day one. Yeah. Just that's on layer on top of layer on top of layer. It's I got emotional a couple of times Monday, kind of thinking through, yeah, it was Ric Flair's last match, but I got to swing for the fences again with Keith and yes. Steve and, and all that. And look, it, it, there's no secret here. Me and Anthem, yeah. I think it's the best way to say it, have yeah. had our ups and downs. Uh, and everybody so, put it aside. I mean, Conrad, uh, you, Mutual Admiration Society, but they did it for you. And look, we're all involved, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, production across the board. Oh my gosh. We could go on and on. Thuzio, I'll, I'll let you take back over, but we could literally could go down to, uh, it just doesn't happen in our industry. And I wrote that email the following day to a, a pretty good email chain with lots of folks in, included the fact that it wasn't, Hey, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next month, uh, the next pay-per-view, the next episode. This was a one-off yeah. from a production standpoint. Look, in the music industry, you're out for the tour, and you hope you get on the next tour. In, the, in our industry, is you hope you have a contract, you hope they're next week. This was one match. Like, what are we working for other than the love of the industry? That That, yes, is a payoff. I get it. But the love of the industry, lots of folks had day jobs. No, not one person involved in this treated it like it was for the payday. No, I mean, not at all. we, uh, you know, just way inside baseball here, oversharing. There was not a big, a bunch of big debate about what are we going to do for finishes? There was no politicking. Everybody, no. 
And, and here's the other thing, since we're just talking way inside baseball, everybody was short on time. No, w- nobody went long. We were supposed to get the main event in the ring around eight 15. It was in at eight. Like we had an hour for the main event. We, we hoped for 45 minutes with the post-match at most. And cause we didn't know how we, we knew there'd be a big, a, a lot before the bell and a lot after the bell, but we didn't think we needed an hour, but they finished 15 minutes early. And I didn't ask them to do that, but everyone went out of their way to do it because they understood, Hey, even though this might be one of the biggest crowds I've wrestled in front of, or a big pay-per-view crowd or whatever, it ain't about me. It's about Rick. And, and a lot of the guys, if you go back and watch the tape, they were deferential on chops. It would have been real easy to just lay in a thousand chops that night. And that wasn't the case. You know, they wanted to make sure that that was special for Rick. There was, there wasn't a, any crazy blood or none of that stuff that would have taken away. I guess what I'm trying to say is Rick. this was, this was bigger than a one-off. This was bigger than a, than a one-time show. It's not a spot show. No, we're not starting a promotion. I'm not saying that. I'm definitely not saying that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying everybody had their, they minded their P's and Q's and, and not like there was going to be, because what are we going to do? Boy, if they don't do what we need them to do, we're going to punish them next week on TV. There, there, there is no comeback. This is it. They just did it. And it was such a special thing. Communication. Uh, Kill dog, Scott Armstrong, the whole group backstage, wonderful leadership. Absolutely. Um, just a lot of buy-in and a lot of help from a lot of folks. And I want to mention too, uh, that I was lucky enough to be seated next to Brian between, uh, Michael Hayes, who was just hanging out and Brian, who's wearing the headsets. And I knew the DDP thing was coming. And when it came and he got the diamond cutter and the place went bananas and they played the music. I couldn't help it. I held my arm up and I tapped road dog and I held my arm up to show him the goosebumps. And he pulled his, he goes, me too, man. And to me, just seeing, cause I'm wondering, Hey, this is my first time in this spot. Like just the idea of doing this is kind of surreal to me. Am I goofy for thinking that was fucking cool? Because when they responded to that idea that we kind of worked out really at the last minute, the day before. Seriously, sincerely the day before, uh, it was like, is this going to work? Is this, how will this be received? And when it hit and I showed my arm to road dog and he did the same to me, it was like, okay, that's what this feels like. Cause that was pretty fucking cool. Real emotion. Real emotion is the word. It is go back to, it's not manufactured real killer cross pulled me aside after his match. I went around and thanked everybody as best I could thinking that was the right thing to do. And I, and I went and found him and Scarlett and just thanked them so much for what they did. And I thought that he had a great match with Davey boy. And, uh, he pulled me aside and he says, has anybody told you how special this is? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, I've been involved in a lot of events, but there's so much love and a sense of community. And with all these different companies, you would think there's, there would be this big political atmosphere. And that's not here at all. Like, it's not just love from the fans, but like, this is almost like a family reunion of sorts from wrestlers from all over the country, from every different promotion. This is really special. And I thought, man, what a nice thing for him to pull me aside and say, and especially knowing five days later, my God, look what he's doing on Friday night. Bravo. Congratulations to him and Scarlett. I saw Mm. she put something on social media. Our life is a movie. You darn right. It is. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, oh, and how about this? Shout out to Mance Warner. Uh, can't, can't, can't thank Mance enough. I want to 
I'm spilling the beans here, but we knew we wanted to have a, a good battle Royal. And in my mind, one of the very best ones that happened in recent memory was at all in and mm-hmm. love him or hate him. Bully Ray gets the credit for that. And everybody agrees. And I thought, well, Hey, here's my guy right here. He helped put that together. And, and, and we sort of did that as a tip of the cap to Jim Crockett promotions, but mostly as a tip of the cap to dusty roads. Yeah. Uh, of course we couldn't have a roads on the show. We would have loved to have been able to do that. It wasn't possible. Um, but man, if we have the big belt buckle and the big boot, and instead of saying bunkhouse stampede, cause we don't own that, we'll call it bunkhouse battle Royal, but underneath on that, uh, belt buckle that looks like the big gold belt that dusty helped design rodeo style, like a Texas boy, like dusty roads would love. It'll say bull of the woods. And that was our little tip of the cap for JCP and mostly for dusty roads. But I thought, man, Mance Warner has been a guy who, as you and I have talked over the last few years, I thought, I don't yep. know what it is, but this guy is, is going to be on TV. And it's just a matter of who's going to get him there first. And when AEW was first getting TV, I was in Cody's ear saying, Hey man, you should take a look at this guy. Circumstances didn't allow it. Didn't work out, but I'll be darned. I'm watching dynamite Wednesday night with Megan. Cause I know something's coming. Cause they asked by text for my permission to show. I'm like, show whatever you want, please. Look after what you guys did for please. And there it is. Mance Warner winning the bunkhouse on TBS, something that we just put together. There's a clip of now on TBS and a guy that I think a lot of, and I think you got to spend a little bit of time with oh, yeah. winds up wrestling the champ Friday night live on TV. Like dude, I'm so proud of what we were able to put together and that it didn't just help Rick. It didn't just help me. It didn't just help you. It helped a lot of folks. And I'm just, I'm on cloud nine about it, man. I don't know that we'll ever get to do anything like that ever again. Cause you know, and I, I don't know why, but boy, people got fired up this past weekend. I don't know if you saw, but they were convinced that Ric Flair was going to have another match in Puerto Rico. He was in Andrade's corner. It's been promoted for months at this point. But yeah, I would love to see an on-screen pairing of Andrade and Ric Flair in his corner. That'd be fantastic. But that was his last match. And how cool is it when all the records are done and the footnotes and the the history books are finished? You were the guy who wrestled Rick in his last match. How fun is that? I said that that night. I said that to the, the one of the doc makers. It's what I do. You know, that is, that is what I do is get guys over. That's what I take pride in. And it was cool. It was really cool. And you had, we hadn't brought this up and we got tickled at a couple of different things, but I think it's pretty safe to say, uh, my grandmother got in the business in 46 and so my dad was in the business. Essentially he was born in 1942. So let's say early fifties, he was in box offices, you know, doing his homework or whatever he's doing, but grew up in it as well. That was his last angle for him to be involved and all that. And it's it's cool. Yeah. He, uh, he showed up to Starcast on Saturday and uh, y'all came in the back and he had his, his pal Tom with him and you shouted. So I, I was in the production sort of doing my thing, hunkered down and I said, Oh, there's Jeff. Oh, there's Mr. Jarrett. So I go over. I mean, he pulled me over to the side, straightened up my, uh, like jacket lapels. And he said, Hey, I want you to listen to me. Oh boy. I want you to listen to me. The promotion you've done for this exceeds almost any story or any promotion I've ever seen. 
And Jeff told me about it. And I, I did that thing on the podcast and he asked what I thought after. And I said, well, son, didn't sound like a lot of work to me. Sounded like a lot of shooting to me, <laughs> but it's worked. I've had two dozen people in the business, not business people, not fans, people who work in the industry saying, Mr. Jarrett or Jerry, what's, what's going on with Jeff and Rick? That, that, that seems like that's real heat. He goes, you got them all fooled son. And me too. And, I was, <laughs> and then I saw him again afterwards and he was so deferential and complimentary and and then he went on Twitter and did the same thing. And I screen grabbed it and sent it to you. And I said, just so you know, the next time you come to my house, this will be printed off and on an easel in my office or something, because for him to be impressed with it, considering all the stuff he's done in wrestling. And by the way, we didn't even talk about it. Shout out to Jerry Lawler for a, a really a last minute, great cameo. We, we had a few different ideas we wanted to do with him. And, you know, I, I sort of freestyled the whole macho man Coliseum home video, Josh Chernoff with Jeff Jarrett's room, locker room instead, but you and him doing the Fargo strut. Come on, dude. That's so that's a, fantastic. That's a gift I have in my phone. That's a GIF. I gift I have a just, come on. I just 14 year old Jeff strutting with Jerry Lawler before he oh, wrestles Rick, Rick Flair. Come on. That's cool, man. Here's something, and I, I know it, it, it. Let me just share this. My dad was in Charlotte this weekend. Yeah, and so he's had all the time to digest. And I did a Q and A. It was funny, Conrad did a Q and A, and a guy uh, asked a question, and I saw my dad slip in in the back. He he slipped in the Q and A, but in the back of the room, and there's a, a a guy stand up says, "Can you tell me?" Uh, a high point and a low point. No, no. Can you tell me, Jeff, how was it to work for your dad? I think like that. I said, well, son, I'd love to tell you the truth, but he's in the back of the room. <laughs> so everybody laughed and cut up anyway, but, but I went into his blessing and a curse and all that. But afterwards, here's where I'm going with it. We, he's had time to digest everything. The evolution of the business became front and center. He came from an era that you had. I mean, when you really think he's, he's produced shows in Jackson, Tennessee that were our shows, sometimes half an hour because they had whatever it is, but it's, it's really a, a two match, three match. Just, we'll just call it sixties wrestling, seventies mm -hmm. wrestling. And then eighties going to the cable, just the evolution that we're in. And however you slice it and dice it, Ric Flair's last match. Yes, it was on impact TV. So 99% of all promotion was done without TV. Yeah, it was, it was on, uh, you know, digital. That's it. Our podcasts, YouTube, Vimeo. That's it. And the numbers and look, look, there's a lot of promotions out there, independent promotions. I'm not saying it's the first ever, but the magnitude and the storytelling done digital. I just think, and, and I just don't think the podcast world gets enough credit because none of it happens. In my opinion, none of it happens without my world podcast and, uh, just the thing, the, the thing that ad free is built on. I don't, I just don't think it happens. 
I don't think he would be in the space and have, Hey, let's do our, it just how it's, and it's all, it's just, I, I'm, I think it's pretty cool to be a part of the evolution of the business. It is cool. And I'm glad that, you know, I, uh, I never, you and I talked about this over a year ago and I said, no, I'm not doing wrestling. I'm not promoting wrestling. I'm not negotiating finishes. I don't want to be involved in the politics. I like my lane, but this opportunity presented itself. Uh, the real story that we're not talking about, we will tell you one day, uh, but this is a part of a bigger master plan and no, it does not involve Ric Flair wrestling again, but the entrepreneur brain kicked off and I saw an opportunity for Sunday and I said, I'll, if I don't do it, I wonder what if, so let's do it. We rolled the dice. I couldn't be more tickled with the results. I want to shout out some folks who couldn't have met, we couldn't have done this without the biggest of which is probably David Crockett. We needed his permission and his blessing to do it. And he had a blast and we're so thankful that we had that opportunity to do it. And we did our best to try to uh, take care of his family that never got to really see any of this stuff because you know, this is his wrestling, his family wrestling legacy as well. And I hope that as much as we tried to do Rick proud, we tried to do the Crockett's proud as well. Um, because this is, you know, this was under their banner. I mean, this was their, this was their thing. And and we tried to just lean into that as much as we can. And he was fantastic. But the other unsung heroes, uh, Sean Ryan, who I don't know, I probably shouldn't have said his name. He's worked behind the scenes to do this documentary. He had some other help too. I definitely shouldn't mention all those folks because they just did it for the love of the game and they don't want accolades or their names out there or whatever. But Sean Ryan was fantastic. So was, uh, Giancarlo, who I think a lot of people know was some of the secret sauce for GCW back in the day. And these days is doing some fantastic promos, including Mance Warner's this past week with AEW. But I do want to talk about Giancarlo before I give some more flowers out. We had an idea. Hey, you know, what would be cool that Giancarlo could have fun with Jeff. You live on a lake. My buddy happens to have a really badass boat. If we got that boat out on Jeff's lake. And just showed Jeff and Karen and Jay doing their lake thing. That could be fun. And then the weather didn't cooperate and we had a plan and we thought, well, we'll do it at this time. And then we realized the storm will be here. Then we'll miss it. And you guys went out there and in 20 minutes put together something that looked like it was out of a freaking movie, right? The magic of emotion. Let's capture something right now. And then in post it's, it's, you know, uh, mentioned Kevin Sullivan hundreds of times on here. It's it, the, everybody stays in their lane, does their role, but I don't think the AEW product gets enough and I'm getting out of my lane here, but, but what you, what Giancarlo just shown, they can create. If you just give them, get out of their way, get, get out of their way. And give them time. So you have to give them time. I've wanted to work with John Carlo for a long time. And this felt like the right opportunity. And he said, well, what are you looking for? And I said, man, I just want to show you what we're doing. And then just let you tell me what you want to do. I don't want to hinder yep. your creative process. Cause I don't want you to think I, I need it to look like X, Y, Z. And he goes, well, I like to just bounce ideas. So just give me something and let I'll work on it. And I said, all right, well, what if we got, you know, you've been to Jeff's house. Yep. What if we use that big ass lake behind him? That could be a cool shot. And I just facilitated, you know, everybody's schedule and the boat. And then look what it was. And I can't give enough flowers 
to Chris McDonald, who's really the unsung hero secret sauce of Starcast. Every video you saw hyping and promoting outside of the docuseries and a handful that Giancarlo did, those were Chris McDonald. And that dude is fantastic and a wizard and was on call for me personally, 24 seven for three months. I, if I texted him at 1am and said, Hey man, what if by 2am I was looking at it, I don't know how the dude slept or how he pulled it off. Uh, but Maureen Tracy, Steve K, Dave Silva, Josh Odom, Steve Kaufman, man, all of our team that work on all of our projects all the time really went over and above even our freaking researcher who you've busted his balls on here several times. He donned the referee shirt and I love it. It was fantastic. But the other cool little thing that we got to do, and you were gracious enough to allow me to do and indulge me is the, the bunkhouse battle Royal. You know, I wanted to do the bronze boot. I wanted him to be an Austin hall boot, like what dusty wore. And I wanted to engrave MN on the inside because the guy who named Starcast is Mark Nielsen. He's a friend of mine in my group chat that I met at that legends fan fest in 2013. And he passed away suddenly unexpectedly at the end of May. So we engraved MN on the inside of that boot and boots come in pairs. We gave one to the, what would have been his wife that he left behind, uh, Allison, who's lovely and has been a part of every Starcast. Uh, and we gave one to Mance Horner and one of the referees for that match on the outside was our old pal that we've had a lot of fun with here on the program. Pondwater Dave. Pondwater <laughs> Dave has a Ric Flair room at his house. One room is dead. One wall in that room is dedicated to the Von Ericks, but the other three walls are Ric Flair walls. And when I knew that Pondwater had been a referee forever, he's even in, I think the Texas wrestling hall of fame or whatever. I said, Hey man, do you want to, do you want to referee this match or this Von Eric match? Well, he jumped at the chance to do the Von Eric Briscoe's match. And I asked you, Hey man, hypothetically, you reckon there'll be a guitar shot. And we both wanted one. Well, in order for that to happen, a referee is going to have to go away. So when we did the format, Ryan Katz and, and Brian Armstrong, Brian James, we wrote second referee slides in to make the count. And I didn't want to tell pond water the night before, cause I wanted to make sure his ass would actually go to sleep. But that day before Starcast doors open, I said, Hey man, you know how wrestling is things change, but in the main event, Mike Yoda is going to take a bump. We're going to need a special referee. Can you do your best? Charles Robinson run down the ramp and slide into the ring. I thought he was going to start crying, but our friend Pondwater Dave got to count your shoulders down for Ric Flair's last ever match and knowing what it meant to him to be able to walk around and strut that ass and say that he counted Ric Flair's last. That's what it was about, dude. The idea that you get to create these motions, emotions and moments and special little things we'll look back on. And I don't know who's been more excited since, uh, me pond water or Karen, cause we had a blast. <laughs> it's a wrap, man. It, it, it was, yeah, it, it's special. Um, yeah, I, I, there, there's no, I mean, it just, yeah. Everything that went into it that quote, the critic, mm -hmm. it goes for not just Rick, really everybody who signed up, everybody who signed up to be a part of it said a lot of raw emotion, 
but I'm doing this. I'm going to get in the arena and not stay outside with those cold, timid souls. So it's cool. Very cool. Very blessed. Very thankful. And um, it's a wrap for me. Boys and girls, we greatly appreciate all your support. It means a lot to us that you spend a little time with us uh, every week here on My World. We're going to be back next week talking about uh, some early episodes of NWA TNA, and we're going to get back to business. Somewhere in between, we may find some time with Jeff, and we'll go do a Q&A over on uh, ad-free shows about the match because we asked you guys for questions, and you gave us a bunch. Unfortunately, I called an audible, and we just talked today. And uh, You damn sure did, didn't you? But what, what's wrong with that? I'm happy. No, I was just sitting there thinking, did you? Yeah. No. We didn't ask one single question. No, you didn't ask one. No. Shame on you. Well, I retweeted you, but hey, I get it. We, 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 we need to do that. Well, we, we need, need to do that, and we will on ad-free shows. Um, and you know what? We might put it in front of the paywall. Listen, we appreciate you guys checking this out. We hope that you will recommend to your friends, uh, who haven't seen it, that you do check it out. Uh, it's on fight TV and you can watch the replays and uh, Starcast was also incredible this year. And if you order Starcast on fight, you not only get Starcast five, uh, which had conversations with Claudio and with Daniel Bryan and with Mick Foley and with Kevin Nash and the roast of Ric Flair. I mean, it's our most loaded set of stage shows ever. You not only get those, you also get one through four. So when you break down what you're paying per stage show, I mean, it's pennies. Uh, <laughs> so go check it out at uh, fight.tv or rickflairslastmatch.com. Uh, next week, we'll be back talking old school TNA, but Jeff, just sincerely, uh, I can't thank you enough for the performance you put on and the partner you were in all of this. I did not know what I was doing. I was just trying real hard. It took a lot of Hail Marys, a lot of positive thinking, a lot of, uh, things had to fall into place, but with the blessing of McMahon and Khan and Demore and Bauer and everyone involved, but mostly your old, sorry, Hendersonville ass <laughs> dude, what a monster heel you were. Thank you so much. Okay. Hey, and look, th th there's plenty more of that where it came from, but trust me. I will flip the switch on your ass and I will rifle you. Don't go. It's easy for me to take the gloves off. What sucks is if I'm honest with you, cause it is a little bittersweet. I appreciate you're, you're trying to get us out of here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, no, 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 no. We, we don't like, I think it's natural for everybody to say, when are you going to do it again? And I know we're not doing Ric Flair's last match again. That's done. But now, now everybody's asking me, well, Hey, who's, who's next, who's the next last match? Well, I didn't say I was doing that, but people want to see it. And most of all, half the questions, I just scroll through them are wanting to know when we're going to see you do it again. But technically that's not up to me or you. Oh, it damn sure ain't up to me. And, and that that's a little bittersweet because I'd like to see it again. And I hope that somebody somewhere is paying attention to what happened. And they, they took notes on the master class and they say, let's see if he can do that on Monday. Can he do that on a Friday? I'm, I'm ready to see it. God, Red, stop. Seriously, stop. Hey, thanks everybody for checking us out real quick. Before we get out of here, I'm back to business. Uh, I'm saving people money at SaveWithConrad.com. And if you've been paying attention, all of a sudden you notice that everybody and their mom is talking about, are we about to be in a recession? What's going on? Well, if you're finding yourself in your own personal recession, meaning there's more month at the end of the money. Hurry to save with Conrad.com. First of all, we can get rid of all your credit card debt. And by the way, 
those rates are about to start going up on you. And I suspect some of those credit limits might be coming down. Don't wait until it's too late. Get rid of all that credit card debt today at savewithconrad.com. At the same time, I want to mention this. If you've got something that you thought one day we'll do this to our house, meaning like maybe when you bought your house one day, we'll put in hardwood floors. Someday we'll put in a rain head shower. Maybe someday we'll put in new granite countertops or new kitchen cabinets, or maybe someday we'll get a pool. Well, all of the sudden you have more equity in your house than ever before. Your house is probably worth a whole heck of a lot more than it was just two years ago. But what you do with that is up to you. What if you could reconsolidate all of your debt? Just get rid of all of it right now. Get it into one monthly payment. Not only will you get a better rate because you know, your credit cards are what 18, 28%. You know, you can do better than that. It's also not tax deductible. Whereas the interest you pay on your mortgage is. So if you can get a better rate add a greater tax deduction, skip your next two house payments and get the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket, but do it all with cheaper monthly payments because you got rid of your credit cards. Why wouldn't you do that? Now you don't need perfect credit to do this. You don't need money out of your pocket to do this. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But real quick, I want to tell you this. We don't tell you no. We say not yet, but here's how. So if you're not sure, do my tax returns look right? Do I have the right kind of credit? Am I too late on this? What can I do? We can get you in the shape you need to be in the house you want or be in the financial monthly payment you want at savewithconrad.com. NLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And yes, we're licensed in your state too. Get a quick quote right now at savewithconrad.com or look me up, man. Go to conradreviews.com. You'll see thousands of reviews. Our average review is like 4.72 stars, which means we know what we're doing. An A plus with the Better Business Bureau, on and on and on. Check it out, savewithconrad.com. Jeff Jarrett, damn it. You made me believe. You made me love wrestling again. And I hate I don't get to boo you again sometime soon. So, oh, choke on that, Slappy. Every now and again, I'm just going to call you for the next month or so and just start booing and hang up. <laughs> you and a few others. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for checking out my world. We're back to normal next week, baby. No more Ric Flair's last match talk. We'll be talking about old school TNA. Uh, but if hey, you want a little more last match talk, might be coming to ad free shows. Hey, Conrad, yeah. is, this, is this radio still on? I love you and your dad so much. If you don't know what we're talking about, let's just say this in a loud and clear voice. Bless Mr. Jerry Jarrett. I love that man. And, uh, can't wait to see him at the family reunion. We'll see you next week right here on my world. Peace. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.